The next morning, Emma faced the bridge. She wanted to run away, back to the shelter, hide her head in the sand, die. It was insane trying to go home, and this whole scheme of trekking out to Maine like some brave person. When she wasn't, what was she thinking? No, she could do it. She had to do it. She looked at the bridge, the water shimmering before her. It had become sort of a test. Cross that bridge, go home, and bury her past, and she could do anything, even make it to Maine. Her stomach growled in protest. She promised herself she'd find food. Afterwards, here goes nothing, she grumbled, and waded into the frigid water. She regretted that she didn't have a change of clothing. There was no help for it. She'd just have to build up a fire afterwards and dry her clothes out. Taking the rope out of her pack, she held it close. She'd use it as a safety line. The sun filtered down on her in the quiet early morning as she swam toward the first stretch of the half-submerged bridge. She was a strong swimmer, but she knew her limits, so she took it slow and easy. She braced herself mentally against what floated in the water around her or what she would find sandwiched in the sections of the bridge and the smell. God! She was shivering so badly when she got there that she could barely claw her way up on the first section. Her hands cramped up. Tears of anguish stained her haggard face. She tossed the rope, snagged a broken girder, then torturously pulled herself from the river. After she'd rested a few minutes, she started working her way across the bridge, carefully. She had sturdy tennis shoes on and was glad of it. Waterlogged, they squeaked and left round, wet spots behind her. At the places the bridge dipped or plummeted into the water, or was blocked with debris. She had to find alternative paths. Once everything under her fell into the water, and the only thing that saved her from being sucked down with it and crushed was her lifeline. As she was hanging out over thin air, twirling at the end of the rope like a dead fish on a hook, she wondered again why she was doing this. Maybe she was touched in the head? She smiled at that. Of course she was. But she gritted her teeth, wiped her tears away with numb fingers, and kept crawling along the concrete span. Not all the cars had toppled into the water. Most of the vehicles on the bridge were empty. Some weren't. Emma tried not to look at the decomposing bodies, but it was difficult. They were everywhere. This is really stupid, Emma. This is really, really dumb. She groaned under her breath as her weight accidentally dislodged a loose piece of the structure and, with bated breath, she watched it plunge into the watery depths below her. Really stupid. Her bad leg gave her more trouble than she expected, and soon she was dragging it behind her like a useless dead thing. It took agonizing hours to cross the bridge, and when she finally made it onto safe land, her body was shaking with the exertion, and her hands were scraped bloody. Her clothes were frozen to her like an icy shell. The first thing she did was gather wood and build a huge fire, then hunched over it until her clothes were almost dry. It was too chilly to take them off. As the fire crackled and her body thawed, she surveyed the miles of scorched, barren ground that lay before her. Whatever had happened here, it had melted the steel bridge trestles, buildings, and industrial plants into a glob of something that might have resembled the carnage left on a futuristic battlefield after the aliens had won, or after a nuclear strike. The ground was as gray as the sky, but marveled through with blood-red veins of boiling lava like one of those rocks streaked through with fool's goals that she remembered from her childhood. As she picked her way through the gullies and destroyed buildings, silhouetted against the dirty sky in devastation, like scarecrows with their scrawny arms outstretched, 
where the burned telephone poles and lines marching into the distance as far as she could see, like wooden soldiers along the side of, of the empty highway. There'd be no food on this path, she realized. There was nothing left, no trees or shrubs or game. How long could a person last without food or water? Larry's magazine had said not long, water being the most necessary. The ground started to rumble and shift beneath her feet. Thank God she was off that bridge. She came to an abrupt standstill, her heart racing in fear until the quaking subsided. It hadn't been a bad one this time. She almost turned and went back the way she had come, but something wouldn't let her. The incredible microscopic hope that Danny or one of the children might still be alive. She never really given up hope. If another major earthquake came, she mentally shrugged, it wouldn't matter where she was anyway. It could kill her anywhere. Tilting her chin up and wiping tears from her grimy face, she trudged toward the direction she believed she should go, her feet crunching over the black ash and dead earth 